0: This is True Parenting Audio, episode 13. Hey everybody, I'm Andy Smithson, and welcome to True Parenting Audio, where you can get inspiration and practical parenting tips to build powerful cycles of continuous growth in your family through the principles of teaching, relationship, and upgrading yourself. Today's post is, Prevent meltdowns in your children. Learn their triggers and signs. Do you ever wish you could prevent the emotional explosions before they ever begin? I'm yet to find a parent that wants to yell at their child or resort to other forms of punishment. It's just that big emotions are contagious, and even grown adults struggle at times to manage our emotions when we have been triggered by the shrieking cries, flailing arms and legs, and impulsive words of our children. So why not make it a little easier on ourselves and find ways to teach our our children to regulate their emotions and solve problems without having to cope with a full-fledged meltdown. Learning to prevent emotional tantrums, but not robbing our children of the valuable opportunities of solving problems and dealing with their own emotions, can be challenging and takes a lot of practice, but it can be done when we know what to do and how to do it. We can significantly decrease the number of tantrums by simply knowing and dealing with our children's triggers and signs prior to a meltdown. Watching for triggers and signs. Watching our kids for triggers that set them off and identifying specific signs that tip us off that their fury is about to be unleashed with the wrath of Pandora takes some deliberate observation. but. Can help us learn ways to prevent all the drama. If we're able to see the triggers that lead to these emotions and tantrum reactions, we can proactively teach our children ways to deal with those situations or manipulate unnecessary situations in ways that bring more favorable outcomes and emotions. When we know their signs of distress, we can jump in before they become unmanageable and help them learn to manage their emotions. The following are a few common triggers and signs of imminent, intense emotions and reactions, followed by simple ways to head them off. Three triggers that often lead to meltdowns. Number one, stolen goods. When siblings or peers take something from them, strategy, prepare them for it. Teach a fun family night lesson about how to solve problems with others or what to do when someone else takes something from you. Number two, no. When they're told that they can't have or do something they want. Strategy, be selective about what you say no to or rephrase it as a yes. Sometimes parents get too nitpicky and find ourselves barking out no, no for every little thing. Save your hard no's for the safety issues and other serious infractions. When kids ask to go to Jimmy's house to play or to use the computer before they ha- they've completed their chores or the answer is no for some other reason, you can also change your no to a yes by simply something like you're free to as soon as or sounds like you really want to That sounds like a great plan tomorrow. Or you can simply suggest an alternative. Number three, the switcheroo. Transitions or quick changes from one activity to the next. Strategy, prepare them for the change when possible. Let them know what's coming next ahead of time. We're leaving in five minutes. So I'll set the timer for two minutes so you can finish what you're playing with, and then it's time to get shoes on to go to the car. This kind of heads up is often helpful, even with simple requests. Okay, mom is going to play cars with you for five more minutes, and then we'll clean them up and go cook dinner. This one sentence can often mean the difference between cheerful, happy kids and total red alert. Here are three signs of impending meltdowns. Number one, the eye of the tiger. Have you seen this look before? It resembles the stare, stalking, and pouncing motions of a dangerous jungle cat. I just witnessed this with my youngest son. We were on our way upstairs to put the kids to bed. My wife and I started up the stairs with the boys trailing behind us. We heard a little squabble going on at the bottom of the stairs between my second and third sons, but didn't think much of it. When they got up the stairs to their room, I saw it. My four-year-old had locked his eyes on his older brother and started towards him. I could see his muscles tense. His emotions rise to the surface and the determination of his face, but I didn't react fast enough. I knew something was coming, but I was a moment too late. My four-year-old sunk his teeth into his brother's side. Strategy. Stop and think, or a magic word. I could tell before the bite happened that he was hurt and angry. I could even tell that he was going to act on those emotions, but I missed the short window of time to empathize, Console and help him to manage those emotions instead of having to respond in the inappropriate behavioral expression of biting. In contrast, shortly after this situation, I sat with my four year old and talked to him about how he felt when he wanted to hit or bite and what I could do to help him when he was feeling that way. I let him know I would remind him to stop and breathe, like in the book, I Was Mad and he would stop and either sit by himself if he needed alone time or come get a hug to help him calm down. Later, we were sitting down to read books before bed when he became upset about not getting to sit next to mom. I saw the eye of the tiger again, but before he could pounce, I said, Berkeley, stop and breathe. He did it. Those words were enough of a cue to help him be aware and change his course of action. Number two, the tripwire bottom lip. My six-year-old son is the best at this. He sticks his bottom lip out. When we see his bottom lip almost dragging on the ground, we know it's a sure sign of hurt feelings or sadness. When the lip starts to drag, we know it's a tough one and the feelings are about to overwhelm him. Strategy, empathetic words and a calming touch. Sometimes parents can't see what the big deal is. Our kids start to cry uncontrollably because their brother got the cup they wanted, and we think, seriously? This is not the end of the world. My six year old is a pretty sensitive kid, which can mean that he can be easily set off emotionally. But it also means that he is our most responsive child when others are hurting or needing some encouragement. Sometimes he comes to us with the lip dragging on the ground, and we ask, What happened? What's going on? What are you so upset about? And he simply refuses to tell us what's wrong. But I've found that what is wrong is far less important than than how I respond to the sign of my son's personal hurt and sadness. If I demand that he tell me what's wrong in some attempt to fix the problem so he won't be so emotional anymore, he either withdraws or becomes more upset. But if I stop and reach out, if I just hold him in my arms and say, I'm sorry you feel sad, man, he's generally able to resolve his own emotions relatively quickly. He then just goes along his way without any further problem. Number three, airlock breathing. Have you ever seen this before? It's the short, shallow breathing that comes when they start to really heat up. Truth is, most adults do this too when they get frustrated, anxious, fearful, or angry. If you watch kids that end up hitting or being physically aggressive, this is one of the signs you'll see before they finally bring the hammer down. Strategy, relaxation and meditation breathing. Teach your child ahead of time how to take deep belly breaths and to relax their body. The body's natural response to fear or anger-inducing stress is to increase heart and respiratory rate. It's all part of that fight-or-flight thing everyone always talks about. Consciously interrupting that with slow, regulated breaths can disrupt that emotional feedback loop and help us feel, think, and make better choices. Some good ways to help kids learn this is to do some child yoga with them, practice deep breaths in and out using balloons or bubbles, or have them lay down and put a book on their belly and tell them to watch the book rise and fall each time they breathe in and out. Then let them know that you'll help them remember to breathe when you see them start to airlock breathe you can use a single cue word again, like breathe, or even bubbles, to help them remember and apply the skill. The triggers and signs we've talked about are just a few of the common triggers and signs I've seen in my own and other kids. Each child is unique and has their own set of triggers and signs that are like their poker tell. If we can learn to see these things, we can more effectively deal with situations and emotions in positive ways that build happy, healthy cycles of behavior and relationship in our homes. Question What are some of your kids' triggers and signs? How can you plan and help them cut them off at the pass? Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like what you're hearing, come on over to trueparenting.net and download your free ebook to help you along your true parenting journey and sign up for our True Parenting newsletter where you'll get updates and True Parenting tips and helps that you can use in your everyday parenting. Come and join us also on facebook.com trueparenting True Parenting. If you have any questions or would like to send me an email, you can go ahead and email me at Smithson at trueparenting.net. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and.